Kiora Koto, welcome to Queenstown Live podcast. Um, I am very excited today to talk to Fiti Heriaka uh, in b- sunny Wellington. Yeah, today. surprisingly. <laughs> sunny. Um, and Fiti, Fakapapasu, Nati Tu, Faritoa, Aroa, Pakiha. She is, I love this. I want to recreate my Who Am I? Playwright, novelist, screenwriter, barrister, solicitor, holds a master's in creative writing from the International Institute of Modern Letters, Victoria University, and a trustee of the Māori Literature Trust. Who are you today? (laughs) Which one of those do you like to choose today? Um, On my Twitter bio, I think, still there, might might still be there, I called myself an ornamental hermit for a long time, so I quite like that one. The ornamental hermit at the bottom of your garden. I like that. I like that. That you could look out at every morning and there you are. Just pottering around. Just pottering <laughs> around. We like pottering. Um, I read a lovely thing about you this morning that said um, all those things and then all round lovely person. So I was Aww. like, well, I think, well, that, that's a good, good star. I like that. I'd like that somebody to write that <laughs> Who about was me. there? I need to see them achieve. <laughs> um, so Kurunga Tuku honestly it's been sat on well I bought it for somebody for Christmas Mm. so this book is about the Te Aurua Māori legend of Hatupatu which people who come from New Zealand obviously I do not but I have every person now that I've met that comes from here I've said do you know this and they're like oh yeah I totally (laughs) know about that Um, and they're like what book is this so from the point of view from from the bird woman so yeah. Kurungai Tuku. And the um I love how the award that, that we will talk about. Um, Rob Kidd said that it was an intense, clever, and sexy as hell, and a very important novel, a game changer. So I grabbed this book and bought it for my friend for Christmas. And then you know, when somebody's reading it and you're sitting there looking at them like, <laughs> now I want this book. Why did I buy you this book first? So then I bought myself a copy and I instantly and I I um I interviewed Hinamoa Elder a few days ago mm-hmm. and we talked about your book on my podcast. And I said, I've never read a book and I read a lot. I've never read a book where where the world disappears so quickly. Oh, it's wow. like you, you know, obviously books are about disappearing into worlds and, mm. you know, but I've never felt like the whole world disappeared when I started to read that book. It was a great compliment. Thank you. It was just, it was like being in a cave, like instantly being in a cave and everybody, and my husband kept saying, what is that book? And I was like, oh my God, I just, I said, one, I can't really describe it, but then I want to describe everything about it. Mm. So I kind of, I'm, I'm at the halfway where I have to turn it over. Oh, exciting. (laughs) So, um, and, and the hard bit was, so to explain to people listening, who've not seen this book, the book arrives in front of your face and there's a white side and a black side and you can start at either end of the book which my mom who's also a massive book reader was like what (laughs) how do you know which and I said well that's the chance you take yeah people often ask me which side is the best side to start on and um, I I don't know it depends what story you need um, at the time the book kind of chooses for you I guess or you choose choose the side um often when I'm signing I ask people if they um, want a middle middle or ruru and yeah so middle middle I go to the the light side and um yeah. ruru, the dark side so sometimes it helps but yeah one person I know um is just dipping in either side 
as she <laughs> as she, she goes along reading she it. She is somebody who I imagine goes out at night and just hops from place to place, and it's somebody yeah. I probably <laughs> want to go out with for the night and be like, "Tell me, tell me what you're doing." The pub crawl ap- approach to reading my novel, which <laughs> wow, really that's nice. amazing. Yeah. So, tell us about your the first spark for the book. Where well, I've put where did it come and when did it come? Oh yeah, so that's. Yeah, that's a big question because um, I grew up with the story of Hatupatu and Kurangaitaku. Um, so my family lived in Taupo, but obviously we have lots of family in Rotorua and would always drive the Atumuri way to Rotorua. So you go past Hatupatu's rock. So from when I was like the tiniest little kid, we'd stop there and, and give koha. Um, so the story would always be told and, and would come up. Um, and I, um, I've i always been that kind of hoha kid, that, that annoying kid that um, asks why, 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 why does that happen? Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to know more about her. So I guess it started way back, way back when, when I was a kid. Um, but the actual, I guess, oh, I'm going to write this into a novel idea started maybe... Oh, I say 10 years because I can live with 10 years. It <laughs> makes me better. <laughs> it, it, is, it is much longer than that. So probably around 2010 or 11, um, I started seriously talking about, you know, I'm going to, my next novel, because I'd written um, two novels by then, I think, had I? Maybe not quite. Um, yeah, so I thought, yeah, I could take on this this story and, and give it a go, start writing it. Um, and back then, I mean, it's pretty ambitious in its current form, but it was far more ambitious. Yeah. Did somebody <laughs> have to calm you down? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get um, very excited about challenging myself. So, yeah, yeah it was far more ambitious. It was, it was much bigger it's stretched from the beginning of time, which it do- does now, it starts in Tikori, so the beginning of, of everything. And I planned to stretch to the end of time, which possibly was a bit more than I could chew. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it took a long time. Mm. Yeah, because the w- once you start thinking about her, you start to think about all the stories from your childhood, where there is obviously another side to the coin. And, you know, the the bad women we never consider. I instantly thought of the, you know, the Hansel and Gretel, obviously, because that's the stories I was told. The the woman who in a, I, I have this image of this, this woman with these damn kids who end up at her house and she's like, I'm so tired. And these <laughs> children. Um, so you start Eating thinking, my house. <laughs> I know, exactly. But, and and so where did, where did the feeling, because they're, they're, it, to me, it felt like there was a real need to be like, hang on a minute. Somebody needs to express and explain what went on for her. Mm. So where did that like nudge, the nudge that never went away, I suppose, yeah. come from? Well, usually when I start writing something, the voice of the character just pops in my head and, and won't go away. So that's that's something, I guess, to start with. Um, and early on when I was researching the novel, I went to Iowa um, in the States. I was invited to the International Writing Programme in um, the States. And that brings together a whole bunch of writers from around the world. Um, 
all sorts of places, about 35 of us, I think there were at the time. So yeah, you get to meet all these, these different writers and it was great. Uh, yeah, and while I was there, there were women there from places um, where them just speaking, them writing their work was literally life or death. Like they were under threat to do this, but they did it anyway, kind of this kind of braveness like just um yeah, it really did affect me because I you know Aotearoa New Zealand's relatively safe I can write something and I guess the worst that, thing that would happen is that we have a bit of internet snark and maybe it gets a bit uncomfortable at a cocktail party that's pretty, pretty much yeah, it yeah so yeah thinking about you know um if something is worth telling then it's worth being that vulnerable if my art is worth anything it's worth being that vulnerable so thinking about yeah what voices don't we hear um and what voices do we need to hear so I, I think some of that like pushed me into to writing this a bit from um Kurangaituku's point of view as well but yeah again it goes back to that kid who was just wondering about the story and about her we heard lots about Hatupatu but not about Kurangaituku and yeah just being curious about that side of the story um so yeah, I think it's a, lots of different things. I mean, that's that's the kind of beauty, I guess, of of writing is that you can't really pinpoint a time or a, an influence. It's a whole bunch of things that come, um, and somehow, yeah, in the mix of your mind, the alchemy of it, I guess, comes out as as this other piece of work. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because it's never, it's like when it, when you think back to, I suppose, any kind of project that we, any of us do, we always think in our heads it's going to be a pinpointed time. It's going to have this like, A becomes B becomes, and it's never <laughs> like that, right? It's like you're out walking and the thing comes to you and then you start doing a thing over here and then it turns into that thing over here. So, yeah. yeah it's, all, it's, it's kind of, I think that's why I like the weaving uh, metaphor that's in Kurangaituku. Yeah. It is just, yeah. you've got all these strands and when it's when they are as strands as, as threads you don't know what the pattern's going to be and it's yeah. until you actually do the work that the pattern becomes clear yeah yeah that's a really beautiful visual right that real like sense of for all of us to stop trying to pinpoint a thing that we want to do when actually we just have to start and then those I talk about this a lot in the work that I do with women mm. is, is that thing of that you know they're like oh yeah but I need to think about the perfect job or the the the, the thing that I'm gonna I'm like no, no no you just need to start the thing and then from that things flow things come in yeah. things go out and you experience and then the pass that you take just go off like this but it's the actual starting of the thing that needs to happen um I suppose I you know when I every lots of people say I want to write a book but I just don't know how to start it and it's like that's also the thing it's just like just get some stuff down and start to um, what was that quote that's amazing? Everybody's got a book in them. And then that for some people, that's where it should stay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually really like. But I like, just try and get the thing out of your head. Because once, once usually we keep them in our heads and then they never end up going anywhere. Yeah. And that's I mean, also all right. But... I think it's the sort of like a man manifestation type thing. Yeah, you, yeah, start, yeah. It just kind of rolls on from yeah, there. Yeah. Um, I like that. Like everyone's got a book in them and some of them could should stay there. <laughs> but I think yeah, everyone's got a book in them, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like you have to share that with anyone else. Maybe yeah, it's totally. a, a book that's yeah. just for you. Yeah. Um yeah, it's nice to think 
of writing your own story yeah. and, and your own voice. And it might just be for you and your, your whānau. Yeah. Um, how yeah. amazing would it be in future generations for someone to pick up um, your story and have them read it and go, oh, yeah. that's, that's, you know, my, my nanny or my mother. Or, yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. So from her, did that spawn, you know, other, oh my God, there's her and then there's her and then there's, <laughs> Or is it like, no, 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 this is, I've got to, got to calm this down a little bit. Let somebody else tell those stories. Yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit. I, w- I would like other people to tell both Kurangaitaku's story and, and um, stories from their own iwi or their own, own life. Um, Kurangaitaku's not quite finished with me just yet, though. Okay. So the plan is the next couple of novels will feature Kurangaitaku, but in different ways. So she won't be the main character yeah. like she is in this book. Um but she will kind of appear in other ways. So the, the next couple of books aren't really sequels, is it? Yeah, but they do kind of fit together. I think ideally if a reader chooses to read all of them, which would be lovely, um, hopefully they'll get something um, deeper out of each of the books with the whole, like looking at them in, at the, in the whole. Um yeah, part of the reason why Kurungaituki took so, such a long time to write, I think, is because I was trying to, sh- again, my big kind of ambitious um, brain was trying to shove two other very different novels in the one form with Kurungaituki. So, yeah, the next one that I'm starting work on, I'm going to touch wood again soon um, in July, which is the hope. Kurungaituki is yeah kind of almost the antagonist of of this next story she's yep. sort of haunting and possessing um the main character so it's more of a horror slash i guess psychological horror um book hopefully so yeah that's what i'm excited about getting into next and then which excites me yeah. greatly because i am a massive horror fan <laughs> i am um, i have a horror whatsapp group um, much to my partner's disgrace because he hates horror films <laughs> and we meet once a month to watch a random horror film together yeah. um, I know and we laugh because <laughs> we we sat around there's only three of us but we sat around the other we watched Nightmare on Elm Street the other night and it was oh. in ni- 1984 like yeah. I haven't watched that since I was about 14 and it scared the shit out of me then mm-hmm. but um it, and it's terrible but we sat there and we looked at each other and I said you know I work with I'm kind of in social work we had a psychologist and then a um a trauma nurse sitting there and I said what does this say about our work that means that we meet and watch horror films every month and the psychologist very you know he looked at us and he was like do I need to answer that <laughs> and I was like no so that excites me greatly that that is a yeah I mean parts of couldn't like to could you could say we're horrific probably oh more yeah no, than absolutely. yeah um but yeah I'm gonna slide into that kind of creepy I don't know the the Shirley Jackson ooh, kind yep. of horror that's yep. what I'm aiming yep. for. So hopefully I can pull that off. But I'll, I'll, I won't know until I start. So Oh, no, no, you yeah. won't know. Um, There'll never be another haunting house of hill of house of haunting hill. <laughs> um, and I didn't realise the other stuff that she'd written. And it's just, yeah, completely insane. Um, that you're, it, It's true, though, about your book that I had to do it in 
stages I couldn't you know like a lot of books like you're like oh my god it's 1am and I'm still reading I had to it was kind of like you know Black Mirror the series uh, yes. you should only do like one a night and I did I remember doing two or three once and was like nah was, I think that was the same for me with your book I had to do uh-huh. it in like not the whole chocolate cake just have little slivers of it yeah. and then give myself a break and then go back in <laughs> well it was like, oh. for me as a writer I think that's amazing because um yeah, I think it is quite dense, and I I do like the idea of taking a breath and kind of letting it letting each part of the story settle before we launch into yeah. the next one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's a that's great news for me. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it means it I've done my my job. You've done um, your job well. Yeah. So you won the Jam Medley Cot Acorn Prize for Fiction. My question is: Are you going to spend the prize money on books? <laughs> <laughs> I probably already have. <laughs> in my lifetime yes um yeah. how did that feel did that was that how did to that be feel honest, I still probably haven't like as processed yeah processed it. it's behind me you can see it on on my bookshelf behind me if, yep if this was film um so yeah at the time I was just I remember getting it and being up on stage and just holding it and going, oh, I have to speak in a few minutes. What am I going to say? I haven't prepared anything because I didn't think this was going to happen. Um, so I was a little bit ah, flabbergasted. And then the rest of the night, I was taken up with like photos and, and interviews and things. So again, it kind of um, passed me by quite quickly. Um, but it's been amazing. I guess like the attention that it's shown on the book. Um, I don't know if I would have had that without the award. I don't know. Who knows? Um, so that's been amazing because I took a bit of, I took a big risk, I guess, yeah. with this yeah. book and the way that it's it's structured. Um, so I was a bit, when it came out, I was a bit worried that like no one would read the book. Like it, it was, would be this big experiment that that flopped. Um, and I was quite vulnerable and, and the content of the book as well. I, um, yeah, I don't think I tell this to my students because I teach creative writing that um, I don't think I'm doing a good job as a writer unless I am absolutely shit scared yeah. that I'm going to fail spectacularly. So I, that's kind of when I know that I've, I'm pushing myself as an artist, as a writer. Um, but yeah. I guess <laughs> commercially it costs it costs money to put out books not you know for the publisher and things so there's also a bit of responsibility um there so yeah and that in terms of that that people have seen it and read it and it's connected with a whole bunch of people um both here and around the world has been amazing um but yeah I'm still I still kind of look at that that pink acorn and go oh that's right that happened oh yeah I did that thing well done me did you take yourself out for a nice breakfast I hope you did <laughs> well, not the day not, kind of a couple of days after because the day straight after I was in um more interviews and things so I think I had half a pancake and then yeah um yeah into another interview which is you know part of the excitement around it but yeah I did have, a, I think it was a 3 a.m. cheeseburger in my hotel room because I was starving. And That's totally yeah. rock and roll. Like, that's like, <laughs> you know, Oscar award ceremony evening type scenario. Yeah, no, um, no very glamorous gown shoving 
<laughs> shoving a cheeseburger in my yeah. face at 3 a.m. I love it. You've not lived until you shoved the cheeseburger in your face <laughs> at 3 a.m. Um, I can imagine though the literary world is still um a very white led space though. So that that entrance, I mean that you know, having that space where vo- Māori voices, Pacifica voices can be heard is just so important and I know whenever I see book festivals popping up around the country I always instantly look and go ah and then sometimes go no you could have done this so well but you so didn't yeah and then sometimes you're I'm really surprised I'm like way um it it, it is it must yeah I think it is getting better I mean I'm I have talked to like Witty and Patricia Grace about their experiences um and yeah, it was just them and um, Kitty Hume, basically, um, mm-hmm. back in the, the late 70s and, and, and 80s. So yeah, it definitely is getting better. There's more of our voices. There's more diversity in voices as well. So, um, and across genre, which is really exciting. Um, and I think part of that is, let's put my um, Māori Literature Trust portrait on, part of it is, is the work that we've been doing, the Māori Literature Trust. I mean, um, Robin Budge started that, gosh, maybe 20 years, 25 years ago. Um, so yeah, it's coming to fruition now, I guess, that we've got um, writers coming through. So yeah, that that trust, um, we administer a couple of programs at the moment, looking to, to do more, of course. Um, but I guess our big ones are the Pikikui Awards, so that um, short stories, poetry, um, stories in, in secondary school in both um, English and te reo Māori. So we have those coming up this year. Um, and then if the other years we have the Te Papa Tupu program, which takes six um, emerging Māori writers, and pairs them up with a mentor and gets their work to a point that it could, could go into publication. So I've worked with a few writers that have gone on and, and published books and um, are doing so well. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so I think part of that is, yeah, mm-hmm. some work that's been going on in Māori communities for a long time that's kind of finally coming through into mainstream, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I think I was the, uh, the seventh Māori to win one of the big prizes at um, the Ockhams or the New Zealand Book Awards which you know is nice and great but it could be better yeah (laughs) yeah and I suppose with the world of online the ability to get your you know your writing or your creative whatever out there is so much easier nowadays um just that that you know it doesn't have to sit and fit into a little box of here is my book and I made this it can be whatever we want it to be so yeah um, and I think um, I suppose that yeah, there's a, a nice freedom in, in in that that you can publish and publish quickly. Um, I guess the kind of flip side of that is that so much is is like on the internet that sometimes it's hard to find yeah um, the voices that you're looking for yeah. or yeah. your audience. So yeah, good and bad of, of yeah, totally that open platform. yeah yeah. Mm. So it was World Book Day last month. Who would you dress up as? <gasps> Oh, I mean, apart from the bird woman, obviously, <laughs> which I you've do, done, and I I've do seen like it in spectacular fashion. 
<laughs> sure who I would dress up as. Um, because oh, who would I? Maybe Hal from Hal's Moving Castle, because he's got that fabulous, you know, um KP birdie thing again. But then again, I'm, I'm just sliding into birds. So there's a theme. Um, there's a theme. Right here. <laughs> I was just saying the other night because I'd probably, I'm a big Stephen King fan, so I was like, "What could I do that wouldn't scare the children?" <laughs> True, um, but maybe Billy Summers because you know he's a that's his newest one, yeah. uh, newish one. Um, maybe something like that. Yeah, or maybe something from one of his short, short stories, which are yeah, maybe. scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe I could could dress up like a poster from um, Shawshank Redemption. Um, yeah, you could be either Raquel Welsh, or, but in like 2D. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, are you ready for your quick fire? Oh, am I? Yes. Um, okay. I wish I could still get away with. Oh, I still get away with lots of things. So, <laughs> and, that's, and that's fine. That's totally fine. If they don't know, you can't get caught. I like it. Um, I owe a thank you to oh, lots of people, um, but in particular, Phil Mann, um, who is an author, um, famous, more famous overseas than here, but he he taught me some really great lessons when I was writing my first novel. So when Phil's listening to this, he'll he won't get be, that thank unfortunately you. Unfortunately, passed away. But um, a text message I fantasize about receiving. Oh, that will have to be the you and the booker, isn't it? <laughs> There we go. The checks in the mail from the Booker Prize. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Coffee or tea? Oh, absolutely tea. God, do you know the amount of people I interview who say tea? And I'm like, who are, I mean, I'm English, so tea is very important to me. But like, who are you people? Um, Coffee betrays me. Coffee betrays me. Well, it betrays me the older I get, totally. (laughs) Um, Something you want to learn? Ooh, um, lots of languages. In particular, te reo Māori. Um, mine's not that great it's it, it's pretty good um one thing you would get rid of in the world tomorrow oh oh god capitalism <laughs> i was gonna say like smooth peanut butter but you know we can go bigger <laughs> yeah let's get rid of capitalism <laughs> i can think of like yeah god <laughs> woo, let's go um country you'd like to visit now right now yep um Oh, I don't know. Um, Hong Kong. Oh, yes. I'm a Japan. I'm like Japan. It's it keeps oh, yeah, appearing in my like set vision everywhere. And I'm like, and then I've got a friend who is from there and keeps saying, I'll take you. And I'm like, oh, I just need some time off. <laughs> um, favorite film? Mm, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I'm like God, one. yes. <laughs> I, I always say to people, I'm going to judge you on your film choice, but that is a good one. Uh, favorite New favorite New Zealand biscuit? Mm. Uh, probably a toffee pot. Nice. Yeah. Nice. If you just said ginger crunch, I we this interview would have ended <laughs> like right now. Um, and what are you currently reading at the moment? Oh, I'm reading How to Loiter in a Turf War by Coco Solid. Ooh. Amazing. I yeah. will write that one down. Um, Fitty, thank you so much. Namiki for all your time when you're a busy 
busy, busy person in this world. Um, but I've loved talking to you. And I love, nobody can see this, but I love the, your bedroom in the background. It looks, <laughs> it kind of looks like my brain at the minute. I love it. Yes. It's like well, a dress, pop, and lots of books. Um, but yes, thank you so Yoda. much.